This is the Rich Eisen Show. Only those who wish to listen may do so. That's a thinker. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. What is your sense of uh, Roger's participation in the spring? He's here, he's present, and when I say present, I mean he's fully engaged, and uh, it's really cool just to watch him uh, operate from play to play and in the way he works. Today's guests... Chargers General Manager Tom Telesco, Falcons General Manager Terry Fontenot, NBA on TNT analyst Kenny the Jet Smith, and now it's Rich Eisen. Ah yes, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We are live on the Roku channel every single day from 12 to 3 Eastern and that's the time frame in which we're live today. Isn't that amazing how it works? Uh, Every single weekday, we are live here on the Roku channel, which is free on all Roku devices. Select Samsung Smart TVs, Amazon Fire TV, free on the Roku app and the RokuChannel.com. We're free on this terrestrial radio station. Love that. Free on our podcast. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, Through the Cumulus Podcast Network, we're here on Sirius XM and Odyssey as well every single day. Had a great show yesterday. Have another one in store for you today. Kenny the Jet Smith, um, part of NBA, uh, the NBA playoff coverage on TNT last night. Terrific doubleheader. Tonight, we've got another one coming up, and it's all game fives. The Suns are at Denver and the Sixers are in Boston, and that's on Turner tonight. We'll have Kenny the Jet Smith Emmy-nominated on our show in hour number three of this program. A couple of NFL newsmakers, the general managers of the Los Angeles Chargers and the Atlanta Falcons are on today's program. We've got uh, Terry Fontenot in hour number two. And the first up, uh, Tom Telesco of the Los Angeles Chargers. He's currently on the clock uh, with Justin Herbert perhaps trying to beat Joe Burrow to the clock because we all know whoever is going to sign the next quarterback deserving of a huge rich contract. We'll just have to go Lamar Jackson plus one in the same way he went Jalen Hurts plus one. So Tom Telesco will be joining us in about 18 minutes time. Good times on all that front. Good to see you over there. Chris Brockman. How are you today, sir? Great, Rich. Good to be seen. Good to see you. DJ Mikey D. He's nuts. Good to see you, Mike. Del Tufo. TJ Jefferson candles already lit for tonight's game five. And of course, you're appearance here on this three-hour program so rich man so uh you know yesterday um as i said you know one of the many things i love about doing this show is it's just a total um mystery as to what is going to be the lead subject matter and certainly the lead subject matter in an nba playoff season for instance yesterday it was uh Jokic having a, a jump ball with a, an owner of the phoenix suns <laughs> And uh, that turned out to be what we all expected. No suspension for anybody involved. Good. Good. Okay. Everybody go back to their corners. Yeah. And uh, look, uh, Jokic, if you find yourself uh, in the corner of of an opposing arena, uh, let's not use your elbow. And uh, hey, uh, governor of an NBA team, if the ball winds up in your hands and a player on the court is coming to go grab it, why don't you relinquish the basketball? Drop it like it's hot. Let Let it go. Drop it it like it's hot. (laughs) Yes. Let it go. So, um, who knew that we were going to talk about that, right? And uh, now today, coming into today's program, coming off of the Lakers hosting the defending world champion Golden State Warriors, who knew the first player to mention would be Lonnie Walker IV. And um, for good reason. Once upon a time, this Lakers team, dead in the water, 
losing 10 of their first 12 basketball games in this campaign. They were 2-10. They were terrible. Everyone's wondering, how's this roster going to work with the new head coach, Darvin Ham, right? How's this working? What's going on? How's LeBron going to stay healthy? The man who Charles Barkley dubbed street clothes, how's he going to stay healthy? How's Russ going to keep working, coming off the bench and finishing games? And this roster, who's going to step to the floor and be those outside shooters and other scorers that LeBron needs? Or, as we all know, constantly searches for when he has the basketball. And Lonnie Walker IV was part of the starting rotation of this team that started 2-10. and And when the changes to the roster arrived... And we were still skeptical how any of these maneuvers were going to work out and pan out for a championship run for these Lakers. They finally did arrive, and the guy who found the bench was Lonnie Walker IV. This kid who was a 2018 draft choice by the San Antonio Spurs and had been playing there for a while, and now he's with the Lakers. College basketball fans may recall him as a Miami Hurricane back in the day. And he wound up on the bench and bided his time and slowly bided his time and found his way into the lineup on occasion off the bench and then found his way um, into the four of this playoff series against the Warriors and started, you know, putting the ball in the basket during some garbage time. But as Stan Van Gundy said, there's no such thing as garbage time, just garbage players. I like that line (laughs) during the game last night. Did you catch that one when Stan Van Gundy dropped that one? Because he said, you know, hey, even when the game is over and players are coming in and playing hard, coaches notice everything. And in this game where the Warriors showed up and, man, were they pick and rolling their way to whatever the hell they wanted. And Steve Kerr made the interesting button push of putting the mitten. Gary Payton the second. Don't call him junior. Gary Payton the second. So it was a battle of uh, Roman numerals. The first half it was the second, and then came the fourth. Funny how that works. In the fourth quarter. And in the IV quarter, with the Lakers coming back from a double-digit third-quarter deficit when the Warriors were making their shots and backdooring their way to open shots and transitioning up the floor and the transition defense of the Lakers was was porous. When James and Davis had done their jobs and the rest of the team was trying to find their way, in comes Lonnie Walker, the fourth, and all he does. This is amazing. Scored all 15 of his points in the fourth quarter. And the last time a Laker came off the bench and scored those many points in the fourth quarter of a playoff game was 1997 when a rookie reserve in game three against the Utah Jazz in the second round of the playoffs came in off the bench and scored 17 points. His name is Kobe Bryant. That's what Lonnie Walker IV did last night. And this is why we watch sports. This is why we love sports. And I know fans 
of the association aren't terribly happy when the Lakers win a playoff basketball game. No, I get it. Never. I get it. There are many different you look at it, locales a couple. <laughs> across the map, okay, from east to west. And as a matter of fact, TJ, you embody both of those coasts when it comes to the NBA. True that. Sixers and Clippers. You are not happy when this happens. And you as a Celtic fan, not happy. Nick fan. Nope. We're not terribly happy. <laughs> yeah, when the, I mean, we could go on and on and on and on and on, especially when, okay, so the Lakers, they're going to do this again? Okay, really? This team that started 2-10? and ten, This team that made a move for Rui Hachimura and Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell, who, by the way, was nailed to the bench. And they're going to make these moves. Jared Vanderbilt. Okay, this is what the team's going to do. They'll, they'll, they'll send Russ away. That's, that's how they're going to remake their roster and make a run. Yep. And then when they're in trouble at home, maybe losing the advantage that they got by taking game one in Golden State, letting the Warriors have a road playoff win in a 29th consecutive Playoff series? They're going to get bailed out by Lonnie Walker the fourth? Yep. The answer to those questions are yes. And look who's one win away from not only moving on to the Western Conference Finals, but assuring the association world of a new champion. It's the Los Angeles Lakers in front of Jack Nicholson and Diane Cannon like it's you know, 82. winning time all over again. For him, baby. <laughs> okay? Like, yeah. That's what's, hap- that's what's up. Mm-hmm. So, that happened. And it's the Lakers again, man. And you you got to give it up to Rob Palenka. You got to. Yeah. Okay? You really do. You got to. He had the most impossible Rubik's Cube solve. Now, again, they got to win one more, and they've got to go, you know, back up to San Francisco, and if the Warriors win that game five, then the pressure's on in game six because if you don't win that in game six, not only do the Warriors get their road win for the 29th consecutive road playoff series, then you got to go up to San Francisco and win in game seven again, and I understand that – that's a long row to hope for the team that's down three games to one. But the Lakers are sitting right there. And when they were two and 10 and they were having hoping Lonnie Walker, the fourth could be a, a starter in this league for a team with championship hopes, not expectations. Uh, you didn't see this coming. But guess what's here? The Lakers. One win away from eliminating the Warriors and moving on thanks to Lonnie Walker the fourth, who stayed ready from the start. Um, the greatest feeling you can ever, ever imagine. Um, you know, as a kid, this is something I've been dreaming of doing, not just being a part of the playoffs, but impacting it, yet alone and winning the playoffs. And... Um, you know, I'm just, I'm truly proud of, of myself. You know, it, it really shows my, my capabilities and just my mental fortitude. Um, I think the hardest thing of, you know, being being able to play a lot and then not playing at all is sticking with it. You know, there's a lot of uncontrollable things that you can't control. And um, you just got to take it day to day, stack the days. And every single day you're trying to be better than who you were yesterday. So um, that's what I'm always trying to accomplish is just reach my best self. 
Unbelievable. Unbelievable. If I told you yesterday, hey, um, media, you're going to be asking for Lonnie Walker IV to come out of the locker room and tell us his story because that's the story of Game 5 when Steph Curry triple doubles and Davis and LeBron combined for 50 in a playoff game. But get us Lonnie Walker IV, shall you, please? Because we want to hear from him. Could have made some money knowing that. The hell going on? That's it. (laughs) The hell going on? Heater up three games to one, too. But I'm not surprised about that one. That doesn't seem as close as this series. No, no. Yeah. (laughs) No. Different three ones. Eh, Totally different three ones right now. And, you know, game five tonight will be played out in Boston with the specter of the heat lingering, and that's a fact. Yeah. Everybody's rooting for the Knicks in Boston tonight, both sides, to keep that thing going and keep the heat going. So, And what happened to Jimmy Butler's ankle? Wasn't that supposed to be a bum? Right? Wasn't that supposed to be a problem? He turned it? South uh, Beach I, I Magic's guess, fake news. down there. I don't know. Maybe he's got the Mahomes ligaments. Yeah. I don't know. He took a he took a trip to Columbia and got some stem cell shot. What the hell? Rub some big face coffee on it. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, you had an opportunity to have four series tied at two games apiece, and instead we now got only two series tied at two games apiece, and they're get played tonight. So we have two, <sighs> as you know, as we say here on the Rich Eisen Show. If you're somewhat new to us, where you been? But welcome. Game fives are either pivotal or decisive. Tonight you got pivotal because the series pivots on tonight's result. Mm -hmm. The game fives coming up in Madison Square Garden and Golden State. Interestingly enough, both teams down three games to one will be hosting game five. They could be decisive. And thanks to Lonnie Walker, the fourth, the Lakers can go up to San Francisco and end it. Yeah, how big are tonight's games when the series is tied 2-2, winner of game five wins 80% of the time the series. That's how big tonight is. Okay, Kenny the Jet Smith will join us in hour number three on that. Tom Telesco is going to join us from the Los Angeles Chargers. And um, boy, does he have some interesting things on his plate, not just the draft that just went down, but he's got a quarterback that is due a monster-sized extension. And then he's got a running back that wants something Similar to that for a running back, and Austin Eckler ain't getting it. So let's talk to Tom about all of those subject matters out here in Los Angeles, the deep end of the NFL pool, the AFC West, and two days, as I told you, before the schedule release. It's happening on Thursday. It's happening. Big leak. Did you see that this morning? What's the leak? I'm not going to like it? Don't Donna, tell me. Donna Kelsey leaking a big-time matchup. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Donna Kelsey knows when when that, that's taking place already? She has posted How it on her Facebook possible? page. <laughs> Fantastic. The All right. Let's put a pin in that. <laughs> Mama Kelsey, she's got the promo code, clearly, that I don't have yet. Clearly. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Ma! Ma, let me know. 
She gave up the she she delivered the meatloaf. She's okay. delivered. Well, she's got to get her travel plans Very in good. order. Let's so. take yeah. a break. We'll find out that information. And I'm hosting the damn thing. What's going on? The hell going on? Tom Telesco, GM of the LAC, coming up next. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O O O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger, with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Just as the general manager of the Los Angeles Chargers has done so. The uh, GM of the LAC, kind enough to call into this show here two days before the schedule release, Tom Telesco. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing great. You think I could just do this in studio, right? You could. Where, where are you? Where are you? We're in Orange County. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know what? As the crow flies, not so bad. But here in Southern California for the rest of America, forget that noise. Hour right? and a half. North 405. <laughs> but where, where, why don't you just hop in the, the Charger helicopter? You don't have one of them? You know what? I need to get out of the office a little bit anyway, so I should have driven up and uh, sat in a big chair. Well, wait a minute. I don't know. If, were you with the team when Philip Rivers had that bus, right? That, that I was, yeah. Oh, he had the, right? uh, the Cadillac Escalade that was... Uh, equipped with everything, right? Equipped with everything, with, with an Exos, and uh, he could watch film <laughs> up and back, and he had a driver. It was a pretty good setup. Would you, would you, uh, that, that, that ride still doesn't exist? It's not in the garage somewhere? You, you send can't that do- ride down. I'll come right up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have that ride for you. Tom, I don't have that ride for you, you know, but we're, I'm working my way. I'm working my way up that, up that ladder. Uh, so what does your job entail right now, uh, now that the draft is over? Walk me through what a GM's life is like right yeah, now. Yeah, it's about uh, two months of non-draft work that shows up at your door the day after the draft ends, which, 
you know, it's typical, you know, it's six to eight weeks before the draft, you're just totally um, draft driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a large process with a lot of people and you're working through it and it's obviously important. Um, but then there's the rest of the responsibilities that, you know, that kind of come up that sometimes have nothing to do with football that you have to get to work on. And then this week we have our rookie minicamp that uh, starts essentially Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and getting ready for that. And, um, you know, excited to, you know, whenever you draft these players you, and, you know, to actually get them on the field, see them, you know, with, with Charger colors on, running around, make sure everybody fits, um, especially some of the college free agents, make sure everyone looks like they're NFL players. Um, you know, it's, it's an exciting weekend. And so if you have a list of things to do right there in front of you, maybe you do, maybe you don't, uh, where on that list, figuratively or literally, does uh, um, getting your generationally brilliant quarterback the uh, nine-figure, uh, multi-million-dollar mega-salary deal that he is due? Uh, where, where where does that stand? Right uh, now? It's certainly on the list. Uh, okay. The fact that he's under contract this year and in, in two thousand, you know, twenty-four, mm-hmm. um, you know, it helps. You know, as far as look, he's here. He's here this year. He's here in 2024. But obviously, in, in the background, yeah, there's there's negotiations that have to go on, and uh, the sooner the better to get something done, just so we know um, what the cost is moving into the future. Um, so it is on the list. Um, something that that we're working on, and you know, we'll kind of see where it goes from there. Not to have your negotiating strategy laid out completely on the table, but because um, as you point out, you know, he is under contract. However, it's now become. Uh, vogue, if not expected, uh, in our league to, to to give this contract to somebody just after three years. Um, where what is your philosophy on that front, Tom? Well, certainly, yeah, certainly with a contract like his, uh, you know, from my standpoint, the sooner the better. Um, you know, just to have some cost certainty moving forward is yes. exactly where we're going to be. Uh, we know, you know, building the football team and. Um, you know, when your quarterback is taking up a higher percentage of the cap, and it's not just the quarterback. You know, we've had some other players on our roster that are, you know, towards the top of the pay scale at their positions. There's a certain way you have to build the team, um, but certainly with with our quarterback and respect to him, uh, just to have some known certainty moving forward. And like I said, sooner the better. But you know, this process sometimes it goes quickly, sometimes it takes time. Um, they're all a little bit different. Um, We'll, we'll work through it and get to the right spot. So, because again, when you say you know sooner the better, also um, in in our world, in our NFL world, going sooner is also better because the price only goes up from your point of view. I mean, did you when when Hertz signed and then Lamar signed, did you immediately go into the details of those deals, Tom? Yeah, that's that's part of the job. Is, is contracts come in, you have to look at them, and you know, because uh, their side of, of his agents do the same thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, the prices always go up. Um, you know, I know when we signed Mike Williams a couple of years ago, the, I know when we signed him, I, you know, a lot of people thought the numbers were high. And then about two or three weeks later, all the <laughs> right. numbers didn't look too bad. <laughs> right. Um, but when we talk about years forward, um, look, there's always going to be the next player that's going to be the highest paid player. There's always going to be the next player that, that has a lot of money due to him. And, um, it's just the nature of the business. And, um, but yeah, in these situations, um, you know, where he is in his career and his age, uh, the sooner the better for us. And then in the meantime, taking care of him as a player and uh, causing him to uh, get any better is is part of your job, Tom Telesco. So walk me through what Kellen Moore is going to bring to the equation, your new offensive coordinator from Dallas. What do you think here? Uh, You know, a fresh new set of eyes, um, someone that uh, has a proven track record uh, as an offensive coordinator and as a play caller at Dallas. Um, I really like that that quarterback playing background. 
Um, so, you know, Justin's going to have somebody you know, more likely on the sideline. I think, I think uh, Kellen will be on the sidelines, not in the press box. Okay. But some of the sidelines that he can talk to, um, you know, eye to eye. And, you know, Kellen's been in that spot, albeit as a backup quarterback in the NFL. But he's seen what, what Justin is seeing, you know. So when they have these discussions, they're coming from the same plane. Um, and, uh, no, we're really excited about Kellen. He was great to work with through this offseason so far, not only in the free agent process, but in the draft process. Um, I love how he communicates what he likes in players, uh, what he thinks fits his scheme and what doesn't fit his scheme. Uh, he's been excellent to work with, and uh, we're excited about it. And again, obviously, you're going to let him do his thing. And Brandon Staley's uh, got a defensive pedigree as a professional coach, but the guy's a former quarterback as well. The general sense that, that Herbert needs to push the ball down more or at least have a scheme that calls for it, is that something that you think is fair uh, or or not so much, and you're just going to see the same that we've seen the last couple of years from well, the South? I think with any offense, you don't want to be put in a box and say we can only do this. Um, the great thing about Kellen is, is he takes what our strengths are, tries to maximize those, trying to minimize the weaknesses. Um, yeah, we'd like to get the ball at Allen Field a little bit more. We, need, we do need more explosive plays out of our offense. Um, we do need to play better on first down, uh, which is you know, the most important down of each, of each uh, set of downs. Um, you know, so we don't end up in you know, second and eight and second and ten. Um, and I think he'll bring that to us. We're trying to get enough weapons around our quarterback along with, with protecting him up front um they give kellen enough things on the menu to go to um to try and manufacture some some bigger plays downfield some quicker scores uh without having to go you know every single time go with 8 10 12 play drives uh to score so that, that's the that's the hope well in terms of uh quick scores um Tom Telesco, as a Michigan Wolverine fan, you choosing Quentin Johnston, I could, uh, I still have the scars of the Fiesta Bowl watching him run free. Um, and you drafted him with your first selection in this year's draft. I could have helped you scout him, by the way, Tom. I don't know you didn't reach out to me, but I could have helped you scout him. Yeah, yeah. well, we drafted three guys from TCU. I noticed. So you could have really helped out. I noticed. I noticed that, um, including the quarterback at the very end, who I, I'd love to get to. But let's let's talk about the two wide receivers you got from TCU, Quinton Johnston and Darius Davis. What did you like about them? Well, Quinton's a uh, he's a big, strong receiver that that also has uh, some vertical ability. Um, he's really good run after catch, which is something what we wanted to add to the offense. And you know, this is a this is a passing league, and uh, receivers are very important. Um, it's also a very highly paid position, and, and we have two highly paid receivers right now. And, you know, you, you need three, you need four if you can have them, like legit receivers that we can go to. Um, it's nice with Quentin at 21 years old. We're going to have him for, for five years. Mm. At, you know, rookie salary cap numbers, albeit first-round pick numbers, but, but rookie numbers nonetheless. To get him in here with, with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, um, to give us a really solid, strong set of receivers uh, that we can throw to. Um, he has all the intangibles that we look for in the position. There's still a lot of growth to come. Our receiver coach, Chris Beatty, is going to really work with them hard on, you know, coming up with that savviness in routes and, and, and the feel you need at this level because at the college level, when you're really big and talented, you can kind of rely on your athletic ability, your, your separation quickness, your speed, your strength to, uh, to win. But at this level, you need all of that plus um, the route running technique that he'll, he'll continue to pick up here. So that was important for us. And then Darius Davis is uh, – you know, really a, a dual returner, punt and kickoffs, and then uh, you know he'll, he'll probably have some role in the offense mm-hmm. that he'll have to kind of carve out 
as we go into training camp, um, is someone that can just get the ball in his hands quickly and let him go pick up yards for us. And then I don't know how much grinding of a quarterback tape you did, Tom. Um, you know, obviously with Herbert, uh, but you clearly did enough to snag Max Duggan uh, in the seventh round, a Heisman Trophy candidate this past year. What do you see uh, out of him, Tom? Well, first of all, like our, our scouting staff, they scout all these players no matter. It's just like we yeah. have an empty roster, don't have anybody. So, okay. you know, we're doing work on the top guys, we're doing guys in the middle, guys. So, um, and with Max, I mean, honestly, if, if you just, if you never watched any film on him and just watched a game on TV, it, it'd be hard for you to say that, like, like that's a guy like I want to be in the huddle with. I mean, just the way he plays, the grit, the toughness, the ability to move the team, um, great leadership ability. Um, I mean, that just kind of jumps off the screen at you. And then as far as the um, becoming an NFL passer, there's some work that has to be done there. Uh, but we think he has some skills to do it. He's got really good arm strength. Uh, he's smart. He processes quickly. He's got great work ethic. Um, so we're excited to get him in here and kind of give him an opportunity to compete for a job. And, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's a, he was a fun football player to watch. I mean, he was a, you know, not, not a hard guy to scout. So when you're stacking your board for the draft, you, you, you stack the board as if you don't have anybody on your team and you just go ahead and do that and quarterback might have been top of your draft board? Right? Yes. Is that it, the way it works? Initially, yeah. Initially, yes. Uh-huh. Um, we'll make some, some adjustments. You know, obviously we weren't taking a quarterback in the first round. But <laughs> yes. I also like there, there are certain instances I like to have the names and the numbers up there so I visually I can see – um, who will go off before we pick. Um, but uh, our scouting staff did a lot of work on those top quarterbacks. You never know down the road when you, when you have to maybe go look back at your college work on those players. And they're also players that we're going to play against uh, you know, as an opponent. So we like to you know, do as much work on those guys as we can. Of course. And, and so um, are you willing to share who was the top quarterback on your draft board? Tom? That I'm not willing to share. Okay. Okay. At least I, at least I asked, right? I mean, yeah. I gotta, I gotta ask. Yeah. Uh, so then let's let's go back, if you don't mind. He just hit the wayback machine a little bit here. Um, when you were on the clock and the Dolphins had a pick and they chose Tua and not Justin Herbert, walk me through those moments for you, Tom Teles. Well, that was uh, obviously that was the draft that we all did from home. Um, that was the COVID draft. So that yeah. was pretty interesting um, because I was essentially essentially sitting by myself. Uh, I had my wife and kids in the room, um, but you know I had everybody on Zoom in front of me, um, and you know kind of myself and our staff probably the, uh, a week to ten days before the draft we do a lot of work on what we call draft management, uh, trying to get a feel for where players are going to go, how we can kind of attack the draft to try and acquire the players that we like. Um, Kind of had a feeling that that, that pick was going to go off before us, but you mm-hmm. never know um, until until that that name comes in. Um, but uh, that was such an interesting draft, just because you know, you're used to being in a draft room with, with with your whole staff and being able to kind of talk some things out. Um, but that one, you're you know, I'm sitting in front of a two screens, one with the draft on it, and one with uh, you know Anthony Lynn was on there, and mm-hmm. Kevin Kelly, JoJo Wooden, our whole staff was on the other one in the Zoom and kind of waiting for it to come off. I know at that time uh, we did not want to have to trade up. Um, we certainly weren't going to trade back, and it kind of worked out the way we had hoped. Yeah, you'd think normally the biggest moment when your wife and kids are in the room for your life is when they're born, right, uh, in a delivery room. But here was another very important moment in your life with your wife and kids in the room, you know, and the delivery of Justin Herbert, I guess, Tom. It was a pretty interesting experience. It really was. I mean, go, going, I told people this, going into it, I had a lot of reservations 
uh, running a draft from my dining room. Um, <laughs> first, the, the whole logistics of it, if yeah. the internet goes down, and then, look, you know, this is not a one-man show. Right. Um, there's a whole group of people are involved in this, and, you know, we're going to be working through through Zoom. And actually, our, our seventh-round pick, K.J. Hill from Ohio State, as we were um, getting ready to select him, the, the Zoom actually went out oh. um, because we were – we're trying to get so many people on there because we're getting ready for the college free agent oh. process after the draft. So that went out. So you had a little bit of uh, uncertainty there. We got the pick in. But um, it, it was actually it was very neat to, to have, um, you know, my three kids kind of see what the process looks like sure. a little bit um, from home. And, you know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Hopefully it never happens again. Well, I, of course, I know that. So uh, I asked this of Brandon Bean the other day uh, in regards to Josh Allen. But when did Herbert have you at Hello? Did he have you at Hello, Tom Telesco? When, when did you know this was your guy? Well, Tom. I'll tell you what. Our, uh, we thought he made the clear the year before. So our scouts had done a lot of work on him. Um, Chris Hobbs and Justin Sheridan, Kevin Kelly, and they, they liked him a lot the year before. Um, I got more into him um, his senior year. You know, I was at the Rose Bowl game, and um, you know that was kind of an eye-popping game for for me. You know, there's certain things, um, live games that you just you, you can't get a feel on tape. Um, and just being at that game, how he moved his team, especially in the second half, not only throwing the ball but but running the football and uh, the enthusiasm he played with. That was one of those moments. Like this is what we're looking for. You know, a player who's has the physical ability, you know, he obviously can throw the ball and he's got big arm strength and he's accurate. Um, but he's, he's big, he's strong, and he's really athletic. We wanted a quarterback that could really move outside the pocket, run when he had to, go pick up. You know, on third and eight, he can go pick up 10 yards if he has to, if, if everything's covered up. Um, and had all the intangibles we're looking for in the position, which is just as important and more important than the physical skills. Um, so that was a big game, at least for me. And then even the senior bowl is such a great evaluation tool as well. And, you know, watching him throw the deep ball and how accurate he was at the senior bowl, um, playing with receivers that he had, that had just gotten there and, you know, how well he played in that game. But in the end, you really have to put every, you know, two years of work together with a lot of people's evaluations, mm-hmm. all the testing that we do and try to make a decision, but we we're very happy with it. Obviously. Yeah, and then I'm sure, again, I asked Brandon this too, and then you meet him, you, you're just hoping before you meet him, boy, I hope I like him. I hope he's not going to turn me off. And of course that's not that guy. Right. That's it's it's kind of true, you know, especially in that that leadership position yeah. where people have to follow you. Right. Um, and look, everyone's personalities are different. Everybody leads in different ways, um, and he leads in his way, which works. Yeah, sure um, does. He's and, awesome. Uh, man. You know, he's one of our hardest working players. Um, and uh, when guys see, you know, when when you're leaders, when they're your hardest working players, when when your young players come in, especially as rookies, and they see your your top players work that hard, mm-hmm. they just naturally get in line with that because, you know, a player comes in and figures, you know, I'm not as talented as Justin Herbert. And look at how hard how hard he works. I need to work just as hard as him, or probably harder to get to the level I need to get to. So that that's a big part of being a quarterback. And last one for you, Tom Telesco. Um, wh- where do things stand with Austin Eckler? Where do things stand with him right now? Uh, nothing's changed. Um, you know, his situation is, is unique. Um, I completely understand that, which is why we, we you know, kind of allowed them to kind of look and see if there was something out there available. It's not something that we had no intent, no interest of trading him, but, you know, fully knowing his situation, um, you know, we said go ahead and do it. And, um, you know, I, I gave, you know, I talked about this, I think it was last week with my former boss, Bill Poling, who's now in the media, which mm-hmm. Hard to imagine, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, as a GM, you have to deal with a lot of people's salaries, and, and it's a challenge. 
Um, and it's not just players. Like as a GM, you're dealing with players and coaches and scouts and front office executives and support staff. And there's definitely um, a point in everyone's career that you feel like, you know, you're not being compensated appropriately. And obviously, you know, that's not just football. It could be any business. Yes. But when I was talking with Bill, and I know he didn't remember this story, um, when he was a GM of the Colts, and I was there. I was probably my second year with the Colts, like my fifth year in the NFL. And I go into his office because um, my contract was up. He slides a piece of paper in front of me. I look at it, and the number was a lot lower than I had expected. And my heart just dropped. And, um, you know, I just felt, even though I was a young guy, I just felt like I was kind of, you know, showing more value than I was being paid. And, you know, it bothered me initially, but then, you know, it, the way it was then, and I was a young guy, you just put your head down and get back to work. Um, but the perspective that I have now in this chair that I didn't have then that mm-hmm. Bill had is, you know, there's just so many factors that go into somebody's salary that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, it's not always a reflection of how they feel about you as a person. And um, I didn't get that then. I get it now, you know, because I have to deal with a lot of people. Um, but I also knew with Bill, like, you know, you work hard for Bill, he would run through a wall for you. Um, and then I was lucky enough that, you know, things worked out well for me down the road. But, look, you know, dealing with people's salaries is not easy. Um, and I understand people are going to be uncomfortable and maybe upset sometimes. That's just, you know, nature of the business, probably nature of all businesses. Um, but uh, I get it. So, um, but, yeah, I guess that's a long answer to a question. Hey, look, you know, nothing here has really changed. He's a big part of this team, big part of an offense that obviously we want to get more explosive and, you know, he leads the league in scoring. Yeah. He's a big part of that. So, um, you know, we added a receiver in the draft. There's a couple receivers in the draft. And uh, hopefully we're going to get after that this year. Because, again, you know, he's again he's such good people, and I know you, you'd agree with that. And, and in the same way that you want your quarterback to be the hardest-working guy, you also want to reward, I imagine, guys who, who are the Austin Ecklers of the world who just score touchdowns and are so crucial but also come from nowhere, essentially, uh, to be such a crucial part of, of this. So, so what is your relationship with him, if you don't mind me asking, before I let you go into the summer where I'm assuming he will show up on time? Well, for, yeah, he, he's, I mean, he's awesome. We, we love him, and I, and I love him. And, you know, I know there's this, you know, this quote-unquote running backs devalued, and it's like running back's a hard position. You handle the ball a lot. You have to be using the passing game like we use Austin a lot. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to pass protect, which he does very well. He's, he's a selfless pass protector. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I love him. And there's, there's, there's just always that business part of it. You have to try and work everything together. Um, but uh, I can't – it doesn't matter if Austin came from, you know, Western State or came from University of Colorado. I mean, it doesn't matter where he came from. When he got here, he came in and earned a job, and it's been a big part of this organization for a long time. So, yeah, it's not always easy situations, but, um, yeah, I absolutely love him. Tom, thanks for the call. Greatly appreciate it. I, I, I'll send the uh, the Philip Rivers ride, but all I got right now is just the hoopty, the Rich Eisen Show hoopty, and that's not for you. You know so. who's probably using that ride is probably DJ right now. Daniel Jeremiah is a diva. You are correct. You are correct. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Did you see the dog pee on him, Tom? Did you see the? the I didn't see it. I heard about dog? it. And uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that would be one of the highlights of the draft, right? especially on the third day that late. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. There. Oh, there. There's the dog named Patrick. By the way, I think he pointed out that uh, a dog named Patrick uh, in Kansas City peed on the guy who um, calls games for the Chargers on purpose. Huh. I think he said so. You know, that's what DJ said, Tom. All right, take it up with him. Yeah, I'll take it up with him. Take it up with him. He might. He might actually be charging the Spanoses for dry cleaning. I don't know. Check to check that out. The paperwork. 
I well, definitely will. Hey, thanks for having me on. Thanks for calling, Tom. Appreciate Greatly it. appreciate it. You take Thank care. You. That's Tom Telesco, the general manager of the Los Angeles Chargers. Was he done with the conversation? I think I kept too long. I did the Jewish goodbye. You know, the one extra thing you can see. And he was like, okay, Rich, I'm going to let you go. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I think someone's at the door. Yeah, he'll, never, he'll never come back. Now he had a good time, I think. I think, you think he enjoyed it. I asked him tough questions. He was on for 20 minutes. It's two minutes too long. Damn. That's okay. You live and you learn. Should have kept him. He mentioned DJ should have laughed and just said goodbye instead right. of bringing up one more thing and then making one more joke. Right. One extra joke. See, this is, you know, this is my evaluation. Yeah. <laughs> It's a self-scout. Self-scout. It's important. Look, how old are you? 53. Oh, yeah. You can always get better. Is that right? Yeah. We, we haven't reached <laughs> our peak ever. We're always on that upward climb. <laughs> Bill Polian. What's crazy is he played f- football in college. Yes. And he was teammates with Chris Polian, Greg Roman, Josh McDaniels, Nick Casario, and London Fletcher. Good team. I would have brought that up, but he had a run. Yeah, I thought about it at the end when I first <laughs> saw it, back? but I was like, no, Let's this call is him going back. Hey, Tom. Let's <laughs> get Tom back on, the, back on the line. We could just send the car. I kept him He'll be here by too long. That that's was why my, I didn't that's want to my bring bad. it up. It's my bad. It's my bad. <laughs> hey, whatever, though. I, should have, I, don't, I don't know when to leave, including this segment, throwing a break. <laughs> In five. All right. Hey, 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 out. I can hey. help you. Don't go anywhere. Come on back. We'll do it live. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Fun stuff right there. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Tom Telesco is back on the phone line because I missed him. Oh, I'm sorry. No, he's not. He missed me. That's right. That's a one and done, right, Tom? Nah, he'll back, come back. He? I got to call DJ. Like, he's the one who made this. All right, I'm going to give it up. I've been the host of the NFL schedule release show for 20 years. 20. 20? Yes. Long time, yo. It's one of the first things we ever did. We were just a few months old, you know, half a year old when the schedule was coming out and we 
decided to make a show of it. And yes, it's about paperwork. But you know what's also about paperwork? The draft. The draft is paperwork. Yeah. The draft is phone call. Oh, I'm going to draft this person, put it on a list, and let everyone else know, and process the paper. That's it. <laughs> yep. That's the draft. Oh, get the paperwork. papers. Get the papers. That's a draft. And it's one of the, uh, a gajillion people watched, right, officially? Officially. Over, over, over multiple networks. It's, the, it's like the, the State of the Union now. You got choices. <laughs> on, it's the same thing. It's the eight, same speech. You just have different, right? Yeah. Just different ways of, of consuming. Whatever graphic package you like. Right. And, and 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 it's now in its twentieth year of being made fun of. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. And I see all. I see everybody who's taking shots. I see everybody who's taking shots. It's okay. It's okay. Just yeah. We already know who's playing who, and we already know who's playing who, where. As if the ordering of it means nothing, right? As as if the the day of the week on which the opponent is coming to your house, or you're going to them, it doesn't matter. Oh, the bye week, that doesn't matter? Okay. The December schedule, that doesn't matter. Because, I mean, okay. And so we hear it in NFL Network. I take it. We, we got thick skin, right? The thing that really bothers me is when uh, we, uh, we, we try to keep this so close to the vest because we don't want it spoiled. This year, for the first time, believe it or not, I have to sign an actual release in order to get it in advance. What? Yes. Oh, I'm telling tales out of school. Because back in the day, we would try and keep it close to the vest. Like, hey, here's the schedule. Keep it to yourself. It don't share. And I don't. And so I'm not going to make, you know, personal hat of I know the schedule and let me let me drop hints. No, because there's a whole show here that we're trying to put on for you. And then teams would give it to their local media. Honestly, Mike and the Mad Dog busted our bubble, bubble so many times. We're like, oh, we got this great show set up. Giant schedule already out. All right. Happened all the time. It stinks. I have to sign a release this year in order to get it. Mm, that's wild. And here we are two days before, and you're telling me Mama Kelsey has already given up a piece of so high, highly interesting yeah. real estate? Uh, a Twitter account. Uh, at nerding on NFL, which is a schedule update, maybe aggregator. Okay. Apparently, Donna Kelsey posted this on her Facebook page oh. four days ago. Well, okay. What? And it's just now being uncovered. Which so is she, what? So she first what, what said. What are the Eagles and KC playing? Yeah. Okay. So before that, she said that the, the Chiefs are playing the Germany game in November this year. Oh, boy. Against uh, the Bears. Looks like I might be playing. And, I'm, um, that might be a game I'm calling. It looks like November 12th, Rich, so you might want to circle that. Chiefs and the Bears in Germany. Does uh, she know where in Germany? Because that's another thing, yeah, too. Yeah, Frankfurt. Okay. That's what she has said. Uh, they have no bye week following. They're going to play the next week. I'm reading week, it now, yeah. Week 19. And then someone uh, someone commented under her about, you know, great chance to see the Eagles yeah. play New England in Germany. And then she wrote, no, the Chiefs are playing the Eagles week two. <laughs> <laughs> At Arrowhead. Awesome. By week, the way. Week two. We're not, we don't have to wait. No, let's go. So at Arrowhead, so they get their first two at home. First two at home. So the first one is going to be challenging to begin with. Yeah, and then they'll have and the then they, mini And then they have the Eagles? Eagles off the mini buy. You know, they'll have like a th- extra three days. 
because that'll be Thursday, and then... Well, the Eagles don't have the mini-bye. No, Eagles will not. So the Eagles got a short week trip to Kansas City? Yeah, I'd imagine that. Are sure it's not Kansas City? It's definitely not Kansas City. She wrote, Chiefs play Eagles week two in Arrowhead. Okay. (laughs) Four days ago. And she also wrote in a reply to someone, oh my gosh. guys, I didn't drop anything. This is all public knowledge from the Kansas City Star May 4th article. Jeez, darn trolls. <laughs> so it isn't Mama Kelsey. It's some The Chiefs already put this out. Somebody's already got this. According to her, I'm just reading a, a comment that she left. Yeah. And I got to sign a release? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Should I put an addendum on the release? I don't know. <laughs> just... <laughs> But I say maybe you should just like send it I to your know, mom and I have her. I should send a release to Mama Kelsey. <laughs> you should say you should just you link it to your mom me. and yeah, have her yeah, put it out. Evelyn Evelyn. 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 Miss Evelyn. Miss Evelyn. Have I'm her put do. it out. I'm gonna link to the schedule to my eighty. So she doesn't want to raise. Yeah, don't, hey, don't do that to her. <laughs> gonna, Ed's gonna send it all to her Facebook group. <laughs> a Kanahara. Her Majana. As they would say in my household. I don't know what that means, but look it up. It's Yiddish. There you go.